I wrote an article and the title was SDG4? No, SDG1. This is the first and, the, and an axis for the rest. And I, and I focus on what means nationalism and populism because I am a political analyst, so I take it from that political perspective. And what I mean with that, that after pandemics, it seemed so uh, wrong to think about nationalism and national identities when, when we need to face a common response to all these crises. All these crises, multiple crises were not just for, for, for COVID. COVID, it just came to, to accelerate certain process and to make it worse others' crisis. For example, migration, forced migration. And, and when, I, when I say that, why is the axis? And I think we agree with, with all of you that have to be, be behind all the other goals. All the goals are interconnected, but education in particular, for example, with sustainable cities, things have nothing to do. Sustainable city is about urban planning, architecture, water, water savings, energy. So, but if you don't have a population educated, you cannot develop sustainable habits. So education is, is, is essential to make a city sustainable beyond any architecture. If you put the architecture, the infrastructure, but the people are not educated, they cannot respond to that infrastructure. So it became totally obsolete. And then when we talk about reduction of poverty, the people cannot access to health if they are not educated, they are not going to go. And, and I think that Karen, for example, had this, this uh, project related to humanitarian, no? This could be humanitarian, in somehow humanitarian aid or in vulnerable communities. If they are not educated, they don't access to help. So then it made me reflect about the role of the organization like the Red Cross on humanitarian humanitarian aid and their response in each country because they are not in the case of of Karen they are NGOs they are focused on education they understand that they need to empower because that is first what is education about to empower and that each country and each community vulnerable they will take their own responsibility giving them the tools to deliver their own responses according to their tradition, according to their particular needs. That is not necessary for this standardization of global needs. It's just local specific needs. And for that, you see that we have countries, in the case, for example, of Afghanistan, and I don't want to enter on the political aspect, just to say that this country depends on, on, human, on humanitarian aid. So Yemen, for example, is another example with the dependence. I think it, it is uh, like 100% of dependence in the case of Yemen of humanitarian aid. So you have a fragile state that an humanitarian aid institution take over the state. And that cannot be possible. So that's why I think this is happening. There are several reasons. In relation to education is because there is not there are not training people. Red Cross have programs for that, but it's not exactly what they are focused. So one thing is to be on emergencies, that you don't have to be precisely on education, but when there is a permanent state of, of the of the presence of the humanitarian institution in the country, 
you have to be focused, first of all, on education, education and training for the people. That why, and that's why I disagree with, with Jitendra, uh, not, 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 not totally, but on part I disagree with you. That is that when you say children need to meet, yes, children need to meet, but how important is that we, that we make of them the real, the real uh, actors. And to be real actors in a crisis means homeschooling, means to have online learning because it's not the kind of access to education, to also the quality of the education. When the Red Cross have a school, in, in, for example, a refugee camp and there is a school, the quality of that present education, maybe it's not good and it would be much better if there is a super powerful uh, teaching through at a school in the Netherlands, for example, or from India, that deliver that education to that kids. They would be the best way for them to jump that bridge from that tragedy, from that conflict area, and enter directly in what is a global year. So that's why homeschooling for me is so important because it's a way to boost this online learning and that the, the, the children get used to it. Don't have to be 100%. But also, when I think of that part of the population that would like to have this 100% of homeschooling, for me, is also part of individual freedom. And the families need to decide which education they would like to deliver to the children. That's why it's so difficult to establish a global standards of education without a standardization. And this is one of the criticisms for globalization. You say you are not establishing global standards, assuring accessibility to education or quality. What you are doing is to make a standardization and to make other people do the same. And if they are not doing, you are imposed a changing tradition and changing cultures. There's nothing wrong to change the culture. But it's something that all the people have to agree to. If someone do not have access to technology, you are not given any freedom. If he have not access, he cannot say if he would like to be online learning or he will not. It's just that they don't have. So we need to make sure of the accessibility. And then the quality is have to be a measure of their own country. So this is this is I think this is this is a uh, and a speech on freedom, you know, so, so what do people, what do we have to assure from globalization? Integration. Because if not, we find this nationalism and populism. Because they say we are losing national identity. But that's not the case. Globalization is all in, all on board. And to be all on board, you have to be absolutely flexible. Because if not, you are not going to conciliate culture, traditions, and religions. You are not going. And in education, is key. Because the families who have certain traditions, they want a certain school, more conservative. The family who are religious, they wanted to, to, to deliver a, a, a religious education. But the important aspect for, for that is that they feel that they, they have the freedom to choose. So that's why online learning for me is, is, that, is that key aspect or accessibility that we need to be focused from this time. Maybe in 10 years, I, 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 will, I will move forward and say, no, we have overcome this part. But for now, I think that we need to make sure this accessibility, that is our challenge from for, for now to Agenda 2030, to make accessibility on technological aspects. 
so the people may choose what they wanted to do and they could access to quality education in any part of the world. So, so I will I will stop here and I will and I will give you the floor to, to you.